that gunk. All that gunk inside your trunk. <laughs> it, it got grosser as we explored that theme. It, it, it really did. It didn't get any better. It sounded pretty harmless initially, but then we decided to dive right in. Just dive right into that gunk. <laughs> Would you rather dive right into the gunk or dive right into the trunk, am I right? <laughs> All right. We should probably just not unpack this anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh... <laughs> All right. Should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing. Watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 7, The Surrogate. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? The Carpool Lane. We didn't really have any homework because we kind of did pre-homework explaining the uh, saga that uh, came from the man wrongly accused of murder uh, and was exonerated by just a few seconds of footage that the Curb crew filmed at the game at Dodger Stadium that he was at with his daughter, so he could not be murdering anybody at that time. And um, I still haven't watched that. I, I meant to watch it this week, like sit down and watch it, the long shot documentary. I hope it's still on Netflix, but there's a whole uh, you know thing about that. So we didn't have any homework, but here's uh, some trivia and tidbits. The Dodger Stadium scenes, as we know, were shot during a real Dodgers game using mostly telephoto lenses, and most of the fans who appear in the background had little or no idea that the show was being filmed. And I guess mm-hmm. you can you can do that because, you know, I mean, they're they're filming it for the you just sort of give your permission entering a, a sports event like that, I'd imagine. So yeah, they just show the disclaimer like before the game starts is like MLB and our trusted yeah. partners may use your image and likeness, yes. something, something, something. Yeah. And for the instance of this game, those trusted partners is HBO and Larry yeah. David. Exactly. And um, and we know that's a warning that George Costanza did not heed when he decided to get a giant ice cream sundae at the U.S. Open that year when he was featured um, being mocked by the announcers uh, i so this was on the imdb trivia page it was jorge Gar- garcia's performance in this episode that got him the role of hugo reyes aka hurley on lost no way yeah wow. i, I could have sworn because i was like oh that was 04 and, and this is 04 but this episode was in february of 2004 and so you got to imagine they were filming it i don't know december january whatever Probably not a huge turnaround time for a show like this. And the Lost pilot began filming on March 11th, 2004 on a soundstage in L.A. So <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's plenty of time for him to, for this to be on the air and get him cast filming March 11th. I mean, that's a month. You could do that. Yeah, that, that seems feasible. I'm going to say myth plausible on this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, the Lost pilot premiered on september 24th 2000 uh, september 22 2004 so i gotta say it was excellent and he he was very much hurley maybe is it maybe is, is it a good fan theory that this is hurley I, that's got to be out there someone some lost fanfic has oh. to exist that gets mm. hurley from selling drugs outside the courthouse to the island and lost <laughs> i like that and, and i would i want to read that <laughs> you might just have to write it yeah you might be right um <laughs> The lost fan fiction industry has probably died down just a tad. I'm sure it was <laughs> sure it was full steam ahead back in the day. So that's all from uh, trivia and tidbits and stuff. Let us now consult the book. Uh, in this episode from the carpool lane, of course, they had to mention this. A man named Juan Catalan spent five and a half months in jail on murder charges until his lawyer substantiated Catalan's alibi with footage from Curb that showed him sitting near Larry David during the shoot at Dodger Stadium on the day in question. And here we go. Confirmation of this. 
Based on Jorge Garcia's performance as a drug dealer in this episode, producer J.J. Abrams cast him in his show Lost on ABC. So there we go. Nice. <laughs> and Larry David, uh, we don't get a what they were thinking. We just get a quote from Larry David in the in this episode section. Larry David said, smoking pot was never, ever a good experience for me. Every relationship I ever had would crumble if I ever got stoned. The best part of getting high happened as soon as I started to come down when I knew I was going to be myself again, a person that I couldn't stand. <laughs> That is pretty good. And then there's just a giant, oh man, there's a giant Larry in action, Larry in action segment section of the book here. And it's Larry talking to himself stoned in the mirror. And yep, there's the F slur. There it is. Oh God. <laughs> in black and white. Uh... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, they, they, they put that in the book? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. You know, it's, it's listed as aggressive Larry and mellow Larry. Uh, oh, and aggressive God. Larry is, of course, the one who calls him. Calls no, no, him no! That, it wasn't me. That Larry was aggressive that. Larry. It was aggressive oh, no. <laughs> Larry that committed the hate crime. <laughs> well, it was it's aggressive a, it's even, Larry that used the hate slur. <laughs> there's Jeez. even more layers than that because it's it's aggressive Larry. It's an aggressive version of Larry the character. So it's even further oh, removed from Larry David the okay. man. Yeah. So we're we're going uh, the level of Hulk Hogan <laughs> sex tape trial here. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That, that, yeah. That, that, that wasn't that wasn't me. Hulk Hogan has a ten inch penis. Terry <laughs> Bollea does not have a ten inch penis. Exactly. I can't, I, I can't believe that's on fucking public record. <laughs> <laughs> Too weird. Let's not get any. Ted, Man. this 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 podcast started on a weird note, and now it's we've we've gone to the Hulk Hogan sex tape. <laughs> I, okay. I don't know how much weirder it can get. I know. I can't. I can't wait to find out. Um, <laughs> our patrons are. We're gonna lose patrons after this episode. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> no way. They love it. Those sickos. Sick fucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> staring, staring in the window. Okay. So, oh, that's all from the book. <laughs> you may now be seated. <laughs> we were done with the book about ten minutes ago. <laughs> all right. Do Do we have any news or anything? Um, I do want to mention. I forgot to mention this a couple weeks ago, but I was at the library had this winter festival and they always have this they have a used book and media sale always going yeah. on but but yeah. it, they had um you know there was like hot cocoa and arts and crafts and stuff like that so we were looking around and we were down in the book cellar as they call it um which i think is a a librarian word pun because seller s-e-l-l-e-r but it's spelled c-e-l-l-a-r because it's in the basement so seller and seller get it um uh, yeah and... yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's a pun uh, librarian <laughs> pun but I was down there and I saw this and as I'm walking by looking at all the books, I see a giant blue brick and it just happened to be Seinfeld, the complete series, and it was listed for $20. And so I left what? with and now own Seinfeld, the complete series on DVD for $20. Wow. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Way yeah. to go. That's awesome. Every single, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's absolutely gigantic if you've seen this thing. And so I'm like, I have to buy, I mean, I'm, I just have to buy it. I mean, it's even just as a display item. I probably, <laughs> those discs will never see a player, but I own now the entire thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Couldn't, couldn't beat the uh, price. Bought myself a Christmas present. Nice. Uh, speaking of like Seinfeld finds in stores, did I send you the photo of, or did I tweet this out? I can't remember if I did. Of the Seinfeld clue game that Grace found. No, but I've seen that before. I remember seeing it at Grandpa Joe's candy store okay. here in town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I must not have I must not have tweeted it. I will tweet this out. 
you know what? I'll schedule it now so it'll go out whenever this hits the free feed. Uh, but she found Seinfeld Clue at Barnes and Noble, and it's who killed Newman. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Or I guess who attacked Newman. You can't yeah. can't say can't who silenced Newman because he has his own like uh dirt sheet newspaper. Right, right. It's such a weird plot. Like, like is that oh canon? My God, yeah. <laughs> it's called like Newman's News, and I'm like, this is kind of fun actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is, are we supposed to take that as canon? And like now, when we watch the show, we know that Newman is writing all this stuff, and and, uh, <laughs> and it's it's popping up in people's mailboxes in the building and stuff. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying I don't like think it's too far fetched. I'm saying like George Lucas did back in the day. He would like go through literally every book and and game and everything just to make sure that it didn't you know retcon something that had already been written. I, I don't know if he did it himself, <laughs> but like he would make sure that everything was canon. There was no offshoots. Wow. Um, and then they destroyed all that, obviously, in the new era. Yeah. But but it was back in the day. Like, if you read a book, you knew that, that that's what was happening to that character or whatever. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same. I'm going to say that Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld have the same discipline and hold over the Seinfeld universe. <laughs> they, they probably yeah. do, honestly. Uh, also, kind of getting us back to, to Curb, they had a big display with Mel Brooks' new autobiography. Oh, yeah. Which uh, seemed seemed interesting. I don't know if I'd be able to sit down and read uh, a full Mill Brooks autobiography because I can't sit down and read anything. Nope. <laughs> but it would be a good, I bet it'd be a good book on t- uh, tape, book on tape. Auto- what do you call <laughs> them? Audio book, I dinosaur? guess. dinosaur? <laughs> I guess audio book. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a good book on LP to fire up on the old Chestershire. <laughs> I remember when book on books on tape were a thing. You get a giant plastic clamshell binder full of 20 tapes. <laughs> Uh, Hell 90 yeah, minutes man. each yeah Hell yeah, that's awesome <laughs> then book on cd now oh, it's yeah. like hey yeah we'll just uh just release it as, as chapters uh, are each individual podcast yes. you know? <laughs> yeah yeah better <laughs> all right hey uh we have as you can tell by the last uh 27 <laughs> minutes uh, we are not a research heavy show despite the last like I just said, 27 <laughs> minutes, being almost exclusively research and bullshit. But we do like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we're giving ourselves homework. I have never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. It really does help the show out. I, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, it helps get us out in front of more people that would enjoy the show. If you like us a little bit more than that, what you can do is give us a subscription over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early releases on every single episode, uh, sometimes a week, sometimes a couple of days. But what I can guarantee you is that it will be out before the free feed. It will always go out before everyone else has a chance to listen to it. Uh, We also release our Patreon-exclusive movie reviews, and where uh, once, twice, uh, 
w- once every other month. We, we mm-hmm. do the we do the movie reviews. Damn it, they happen every pe- every so often. They happen periodically. They happen periodically. <laughs> uh, no, we we definitely ha- uh, are trying to get back to uh, to doing them. And I mean, we do have our Christmas special coming up. And I know last year we had the the extended cut of our Christmas special that was like three hours long. Yes, double the length of the movie we watched. <laughs> it was so Not long. More. It was so long. It took so long to edit. <laughs> um, but you can find that exclusively over at patreon.com slash no hugging. Uh, I do want to give a couple of shout outs to our patrons real quick. I got to pull it up. Oops. By the way, while you're doing that, I was thinking, I mean, this might be perfect for the downvoter to join us. We could watch... A Christmas Story Christmas, the new Christmas Story sequel that I believe retcons the Christmas Story 2 that we watched. (laughs) Oh, we totally should. I've heard it's good. Does that have any... I mean, it's on HBO Max. There, there's our connection. (laughs) There's the connection. I mean, it's on the same hosting service that Larry David used for all those years and still does. Um, Let me check. I was like, I've, I've heard it's good. So it may not be as entertaining as A Christmas Story 2, <laughs> that piece of <laughs> shit, but um, there's got to be somebody. Uh, let's see. So as far as Seinfeld goes, nobody. Okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shock, actually. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ah, there we go. Yes. Okay, uh, Vince Vaughn, who is a producer on A Christmas Story Christmas, and does pop up in Curb Your Enthusiasm, I know. And then some soundtrack people, so it's very... I didn't know Vince Vaughn. What is he doing? Oh, you know, I forgot Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley are like buddies. The three of them, like John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, and Peter Billingsley, like hooked up a million years ago. Um, And Peter Billingsley (laughs) produced their second movie after Swingers made. Uh, and and then has been like buddies with them. Like Peter Billingsley also helped out on Elf, with which John Favreau directed. And uh, so yeah, I forgot that they were. So I don't know what he does on a Christmas Story Christmas, but it's um you know we won't have as much pre homework to do finding the actors in the movie. That can sometimes be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I like your HBO Max connection. That's I think the strongest one we've got. <laughs> and I uh, I know the downvoter would uh, would jump at the opportunity to to watch and talk about a christmas story christmas Sweet. And, and then immediately hate his life for having do, done so probably <laughs> all right i want to give a shout out to our patrons over on patreon real quick tamara ortiz the guys and gals over at the idiotville podcast john and kathleen murphy tim's dad and mom <laughs> will hall danica Lagorio, and j-dog Conlord, nick kudula <laughs> don queso megan stolarski and here's where it gets interesting this month tim mm-hmm Buck Naked, who yeah. we know as Nate Collins, yeah. and Nathan Collins. Oh, wow. Nate, I, I don't know if you, you you lost access to your first email, but you are now subscribed to us twice. So Thank you for your alter we, ego and... <laughs> we, we, will, we will take your money twice, Yeah, uh, but I just want you to be aware of that. I, I want you to, to know that you are subscribed to us twice now. Yeah, feel free to download <laughs> all the podcasts up there twice. Yes. Everybody yeah, feel, else feel just to, once. Feel, feel free to listen to everything again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All that being said, season four, episode seven, The Surrogate. Original air date, February 22nd, 2004. And if you are looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's decision to buy a surrogate mother a baby shower gift backfires, dot, 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 as do his efforts to pass a routine physical. <sighs> 
Why do I always feel the need to, if there's an ellipsis (laughs) in a description, why do I always feel the need to read the second part of it? Like... Like, it's, like, very, like, depressing and disappointing. I just, I always feel that, feel that The ellipses does set you up for, I guess, a punchline of some sort. And, uh... (laughs) And so I think you read it as because, but it's not funny. It's never funny when they do it. So no. I think that's why you read it that way. That's the way I see it. <laughs> um, I don't know if I hate it because it does combine two storylines. We'll see if we I'm can. Sure maybe we, we just get rid of the ellipses at the end. I, I think that I think that's going to be it. I think that's going to be the change that we have to make. We'll see as we go through it if we can do any better. Uh, we open at home, and Larry and Cheryl are finishing up watching a an episode of Seinfeld, The Puffy Shirt. And they're in bed, and when the episode ends, the phone rings, and as always, it's Marilyn. She calls after every ep- Who the hell is Marilyn? Am I supposed to know who Marilyn is? <laughs> yeah, I was you know who so Marilyn confused is? by this. No, who of course I don't. <laughs> who in the hell is Marilyn? Like, oh, it's Marilyn again. I'm sorry, who? That's this not is his someone. Est- this is someone you have never established <laughs> as a being a person that exists and and b being a person who consistently calls after every episode of Seinfeld and c what what station is airing Seinfeld in in 2004? This has got to be syndication, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like probably after the Fox News or something like that. <laughs> I don't mean Fox News, the station, but you know how yeah, like Fox yeah. has never had a late night show, and so after the news, like everybody else goes to uh, Leno or Letterman. In, in, in yeah, it, it's the local news. Yeah, yeah. So the Fox local affiliate will always has like syndication on afterwards. That's my guess. Yeah, it's Se- Seinfeld at ten thirty or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so and then and I just looked it up and like so I don't know who Marilyn is, but I looked up Marilyn Kirby because I was like, is it his assistant? Like I could see that, and I don't know her name. And maybe they've like said it once and they think the audience knows, but there is a character named Marilyn who I believe we have not really met yet. She might have already been on camera, but um, okay. Well, but I don't... If, if she hasn't been on camera yet, what an odd way to introduce her by really saying, weird. oh, here's this person that always calls us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, after every episode, it's Marilyn. Everyone knows Marilyn. Everyone knows Marilyn, and everyone <laughs> hates Marilyn. Yeah, she calls was... all the time. But rave about how funny the episode was. It gets better and better every <laughs> time I see it. Well, how many times have you seen it, Marilyn? We don't know who the fuck you are. We don't know you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but Larry doesn't want to talk to her, so Cheryl covers for him. And then Cheryl asks Larry to, while he's at the doctor, go pick up a present for the Duesenberry's baby shower for Betty (laughs) Duesenberry. And Larry thinks the surrogate deserves something. They're having a baby by surrogate. And he thinks, he was like, what do you get for the surrogate? What's surrogate etiquette? I like that play on words. I think that was very deliberate. Surrogate surrogate etiquette. etiquette. Yeah, Yeah, very Seinfeldian play on words of course in Seinfeld they would have said it six different times etiquette for the surrogate yeah surrogate etiquette but Larry Larry does not go back to the well that much (laughs) and uh Cheryl meanwhile uh then tries to get something going uh you know downstairs but Larry's penis is still healing from being bitten by the dog um can I tell you a a funny thing about my autocorrect or my uh my my speech to text on this so I'm watching the beginning of this episode and I'm eating a big bowl of cocoa pebbles. So naturally, I'm expecting some some pretty pretty outlandish mishaps with speech to text, right? Yeah. Because 
Apple speech text didn't oh, okay. recognize the word Islamophobia oh, no. uh, a couple of weeks ago. But you know what? I'm eating my Cocoa Pebbles. It totally recognized Duesenberries. Like, no. Like, complete with the apostrophe S. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I said, because I, I, I must have, like, mumbled out. Cheryl asked him to also get a gift for the Duesenberries baby shower. <laughs> But I, I guess it's just because I enunciated Duesenberries and yeah. said it very slow that it was like, oh, yeah, we know what that is. I cannot believe it. I, I mean, I would expect like D-O space Z-E-N space B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Or, or B-U-R. Yeah, uh, yeah. B-U-R-I-E-S. Duesenberries. Duesenberries. I cannot believe that. Yeah, so, to- oh. to- totally got Duesenberries. <laughs> Amazing. And and yet couldn't get haboose each time. Yeah. No, it differently no that way. Yeah. We know we know what's going on here, Apple. Or was it Apple? Yeah, Apple, right? It's Apple, yeah. Yeah, we know what's going on here, Apple. At St. Matthew's Medical Center, which I'm surprised because the sign sure looked real, but it is fake. And according Ooh. to a, a a bustle article from twenty sixteen, there may not be a real St. Matthew's hospital anywhere in America. They were. It was a review of this new show that obviously only lasted half a season back in 2016 called Heartbeat. I think is what it was called, and it was about. It was another medical drama. Big surprise! It didn't last too long because there's only 30 of those every year. And uh, it was at. It took place at a St. Matthew's Hospital, and they were like, "It's not real." Apparently, no St. Matthews anywhere. But this name has been used in a couple different places. St. Matthews was a fake hospital in L.A., also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's been a fake hospital in Law and Order. In the movie Just Like Heaven, there's a St. Matthew's Hospital. And in an episode of MacGyver in 1985, there was a St. Matthew's Medical Center. I found in my various Googlings of the name. Uh, but So Larry is at this fake hospital, and he's disappointed with the magazine selection in the waiting room, which he makes known to the receptionist and to the doctor during the physical. Uh, I liked this doctor. He was very... I don't know why the, put, the, way, the way to put it. I mean, the actor playing him picked a like played him very well like i don't know almost personable like yeah they have a rapport a... almost immediately and there's no indication that this is a normal doctor that larry goes to yeah i mean hmm, i don't know i mean being being an older man we i would assume that he's gone to see the cardiologist before at least yeah and just being the person that larry is i mean whether he likes it or not he knows that he has to kind of you know be on all the time yeah yeah, so maybe maybe just, you know, just kind of comes into that. Yeah, and so it's like yeah, Larry being congenial, Larry, and also he you know he doesn't have to like he he, he doesn't think he has anything to worry about, but he does have to pass this physical, so he's got to be nice to somebody who can provide him with something, and that's a clean bill of yeah. health. So it could and, be, and that that's too. definitely a Larry thing. Yeah, and but the doctor is also like you know playing along with Larry, and and like Larry's talking about the magazines, and the doctor's like, okay, yeah, right, I will, and. And just sort of like giving it back to him in a way that makes them seem very friendly already. But it's during the heart portion of the physical when Larry is on a treadmill with all of the monitors hooked up to him and stuff that this hottie nurse walks in and Larry's readings go off the charts. I mean, the the <laughs> cardiogram is just like a, a all yellow, like a straight yeah. yellow block. <laughs> just like a, just a yellow bar like because it's, yeah. because it's going up and down so often. It's just completely <laughs> coloring it in. Uh, yeah. have, have we seen her before, the nurse? Because uh, how, how it's played out the rest of the episode and who we learn that she is, I would expect that, like, okay, we've we've heard her name or something before, right? Have we? 
No, I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. Okay. Unless this goes all the way back to, no, it wasn't, it was a different person. I don't know. Yeah, because we haven't seen Richard Lewis with a woman or, or talking about a woman since, I think, the Benadryl Brownie. And, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. And so. The Christian scientist? Yeah, that's right. And so I, I don't think so. So this, they're kind of introducing a character that we're going to get the backstory of next because he does know her. He says, oh, hi, Renee. And yeah. uh, she bends over and, and she's got a very low cut. Yeah. I mean, it's Larry just zipper. stares yeah. straight through to her belly button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and so he fails the the physical. His eyes are popping out of his head like a cartoon yeah. wolf. Yeah, exactly. Very Tex Avery. Uh, and so Larry now has to wear this heart monitor for the next twenty four hours just to make sure that you know everything is okay. And then he'll come back in and redo the physical. And Renee applies the the nodes to Larry's chest, and so she like has to get all up in there, and, and Larry feels very awkward and, once again. And every time that she's near him now, he's uh, very painfully looking up <laughs> and away from her. So over at some restaurant, I th- it says this on the awning. I don't know if this is the name. If it is, it's it's a good name for a restaurant. Great steak, seafood, and salads. I think that's <laughs> I like that. Like I, I imagined that. If this was the real name of the restaurant, people would just call it Great Steaks. And then Seafoods and Salads would be the full name of the restaurant. But uh, I don't know because I couldn't find any reference to... Normally, there'd be like an LA Weekly article from, you know, 2010 that's like, Great Steaks, Seafoods and Salads is closing its doors. Or even like Blank Restaurant with its iconic LA awning that says, Great Steaks, Seafoods and Salad is closing its doors or something. But nothing. I, I mean... I would uh, see. I would just go the other route, and I would venture to say it's impossible to Google a place called Great Steaks, Seafoods, and Salads because it's just going to come up with. That's would true. you like Great Steaks, Seafoods, and Salads near you? Oh, that's definitely <laughs> what I got. That's one hundred percent. It brought up a map of the Greater Pittsburgh area and a multitude of steakhouses. Yeah, I'm like, that's how, all I got. how do you how do you try and refine that Great Steaks <laughs> restaurant? Nope. Not going to happen. Well, yeah, then I did Great Steak, Seafoods and Salads, Los Angeles, and it's like the 10 best Still steakhouses. No. Yes, 10 best steak- TripAdvisor's 10 best steakhouses in LA. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Damn it. But that's when I did start Googling, you know, Great Steak, Seafoods and Salads closed. Or, you know, I tried all the, you did know, you, and then I'll add. Try and, did you try and look up Great Steak, Seafoods and Salads, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, I believe I did do that. Oh, man. And, and there is. A million no, a million years ago, um, Complex Magazine did an online catalog. They're like every restaurant ever featured in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ooh, I can't tell you how incomplete that list is, Ted, and it oh. is maddening because they get so much shit wrong. They're like, "This is a fake restaurant that Larry made up," and then I find out that it's a real <laughs> diner. I'm like, "This is the worst piece of shit reporting I've ever like." And it, and it honestly, it's probably just an article that. That some dickhead editor uh, forced his his team to pump out in in two hours. Yeah, you know? it, it is like, very listicle. We, we yeah. need we need a curb your enthusiasm piece yesterday. And, yeah, you know, and I mean, there's so for instance, in the last episode, when Jeff clearly says, you know, Marty goes to Nats N A T S, and I even looked at the captioning, and sure enough, N A T apostrophe S. Well, in this article, it's like. Matt's with an M, M A T T apostrophe S. And it's like, oh, Jeff and Larry go on. to this made up diner to see Marty Funkhauser. I'm like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> it's Matt's. I'm like, what? A, this could be so valuable to me and our podcast. Like, 
like maps about nothing level of helpfulness. Like when my Googling came up empty, I could always count on maps about nothing to, to yeah. fill in some blanks. Well, but this complex that comes up every time I'm Googling things, which has the word, I'm like, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> maps about nothing, it is not. Maps about nothing, you are not complex magazine listicle from who knows when. <laughs> I think the beginning of season eight. So it's, it's, it's even pretty old, but I'm like, garbage. Even, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, eight and then, seasons, seven complete seasons of the show down. Yeah, no. yeah. And and if you can't find anything, this is a restaurant featured in the episode. You need to at least put it in the article and go, we couldn't find anything about this. If you say it's about every restaurant featured, you cannot leave out a restaurant. I mean, just you have to put them all in there. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so I have no idea where this is. But it is here that we find out that Renee is Richard Lewis's girlfriend. And Richard Lewis is concerned because they haven't slept together yet, and he's concerned that his junk won't measure up to, say, African-American men that she has been with. Because he saw a, a Nick's forward in the locker room, and he had an absolutely gigantic wang. And so he's worried that, you know, if she's been with black dudes before, that, you know, he's going to be disappointing. I loved uh, the way that he put it. He's like, yeah, I saw it. You could put the Chicago fire out with this thing. <laughs> yeah. Christ. <laughs> And I like Larry trying to make him feel better. He's like, he's a forward. He's gigantic. You gotta go. You gotta check out a guard. You know, <laughs> it's all size. You know, it's it, it's reference. You know, it has to do with size. And oh, he's it. it, it this was a weird aside because Larry offers to step in as his tenth anniversary present. And I'm oh, like, yeah, what do because, you mean, like? Because Richard's so afraid to to have sex with her. Larry's like, oh, don't worry, I'll do it, buddy. I'll yeah, like, I'll have sex with your girlfriend for you. Did he mean like when the lights go out? <laughs> Or like wearing a mask of some sort, like oh by the way, a hyper realistic Richard Lewis mask. (laughs) Yeah, that or like oh by the way, I'm into bondage, so I'm just gonna put my gimp mask on. I'll be right out of the bathroom, and that's when Larry slips. Oh no! Oh no! They pull a little Revenge of the Nerds action. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he meant by that, but I liked Richard Lewis saying, like, you know, I'd rather get you a bowl from Tiffany's or something like that uh, than let you sleep with my girlfriend under false pretenses. Outside, Larry walks up to a man wearing a white shirt and a black vest, and he mistakes him for the valet, but the man believes it's because he's black. And, of course, a black man can't be anything but a valet standing out front. And who is looking on disapprovingly but Wanda? I, I love this reveal I, because oh, yeah. the, the, the ca- camera doesn't move, uh, but the guy just, like, walks away. And Wanda is so far away, <laughs> but you can immediately tell the look on her face. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It was pretty hilarious, yeah, because he, he leaves did, the frame. Yeah. Did, did I hear, like... No, not like the good and the bad and the ugly, but did I hear like kind of like a Western like uh, yes. like musical flourish? Yeah, similar. Yeah, and I think they've used that before. Oh, it was when uh, Larry was pulling up and Susie was in the driveway because he gave away the dog. I think <laughs> that's right. And it's the same kind of thing. Plays like <laughs> yeah, that that stare down music. Uh, and Larry, I mean Wanda, of course, accuses Larry of being racist. Oh, a black man. Has got a, oh, if he's standing, you know, a black man can't dress nice and be driving a car. He must be a valet. And um, and Larry's like, no, that's, if it was a white guy, would have the same thing. And, and I liked when Wanda was like, if it was a white guy, you would have asked him for a stock tip. Or asked him, oh, where do you golf? That That's really funny, actually. Yeah. And I noticed this, this was very weird. I don't, are they, are they still at the hospital? Because Wanda's like filming something there. 
All yeah, week. It's, it's a hospital and a studio lot? <laughs> and a steakhouse? <laughs> and a steakhouse? <laughs> yeah. A steakhouse attached to the hospital, and she's there. I could see her like, oh, I'm filming something that takes place in a hospital, and we rent it out. That must happen a lot in L.A. I don't know. Um, but the fact that the steakhouse is attached to I feel like there's, a, there's a few abandoned hospitals that yeah. you don't have to, like, I don't know, take up space in an actual hospital. Or you build a soundstage <laughs> or something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I know uh, I know. Scrubs <laughs> filmed in an abandoned hospital. Yeah. Same one as Children's Hospital. Yeah, that's right. And I loved when Children's Hospital would shit on. I, I loved Scrubs, but I loved when they would shit on Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd make reference to the fact that they filmed at the same hospital. I thought it was hilarious um, because they were definitely two different. Like, you know, Children's Hospital, like. Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Alt Comedy, and Scrubs, primetime sitcom. They're not the same sense of humor, but I enjoyed both. But I also liked that uh, part of it. And, but, of course, the Children's Hospital was in Brazil. Everybody knows that. So it couldn't mm, have been this one yeah. in L.A. Yeah, duh. And so she's she's filming stuff there all week, wherever we happen to be. And Larry asks her, and the way he gets into it is, you must have slept with a lot of black men and white men. <laughs> And he's and she's like, start over. <laughs> Immediately taken aback by it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably slept with a lot of white men and black men. Uh, yeah, and I, I loved. It. He's like, let me let me rephrase that. She's like, yeah, yeah, rephrase that. Yeah, rephrase that. Um, <laughs> she won't answer his question, but she does ask him about the script that he was going to give a friend. Her script, he was going to give a friend of his. And she's very concerned that he's gonna not going to change it or do anything to it because it's her baby. She's been working on it for a long time. And, uh, and she just, you know, she's just trying to get it out there. And as she walks off, Larry <laughs> tells a very funny joke that, like, between friends would be funny, but in public yelling at the top of your lungs is a crapshoot. He's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so she's yeah. walking away and, she's, and he's like, oh, is there a black man who can go get my car? I need a black man. <laughs> Like mocking her for thinking he's racist, but also yelling something racist. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. So we know he's joking, but but not the person across the street doesn't know that. <laughs> I would be very you know, hesitant to tell a joke like this when she was that far away. A black man. I need a black man to get my car. <laughs> but also, I mean, uh, here's what I like about the situation. Larry was right. Like there was a guy who's back to him, dressed like a valet. The dude was dressed like a valet. He had his. And jacket and, off yeah. and standing in front of the valet parking standing sign right next to the where yeah. a valet would stand yeah like obviously like yelling out at the end there i need a black man to go get my car <laughs> i'm i'm not not siding with larry on that but like walking out and and handing his ticket to insert person here <laughs> yeah. in in a a suit like a vest and a tie standing yes. in front of the valet parking sign if i have my car valet parked i'm handing my ticket to that person yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the joke was taking it. Uh, you know, it's nothing I would have. Maybe if she was leaving, he could have said it quieter. You know, but that's Larry. He takes those chances with, <laughs> with the laughs and and mocking anybody who who might uh, have have uh, umbrage with him. Uh, over at Toyorama, which was at 2018 Westwood Boulevard, I have no idea. This seems like something that again there would have been an LA Weekly article about, like Toyorama closing its doors after 90 years and until. <laughs> 
and talk about like the you know the the immigrant toy maker who came to LA in like the 1940s and and opened his family's toy business and it it was yeah it, this, and in and now yeah. he's now he's been arrested for tax fraud or something <laughs> yeah, exactly that's usually how those end yeah um but no there was nothing Toyorama you know came and went with without any fanfare whatsoever so I have no idea when it closed but it is now Pitfire Artisan Pizza uh, I guess when you when we go inside Toyorama it's no surprise why it clo- why it's closed because the, sh- the shelves are completely empty they have <laughs> like six toys yeah they are uh <laughs> desperately low on stock in toyorama yes yeah um and we know it's not christmas at least we don't think it is we, we you know we don't know exactly what the timeline is in the show but um <laughs> i mean we had halloween in the middle of january who fucking knows <laughs> yeah but the the shelves are empty and who comes up to help larry david but melissa mccarthy is that who this was? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Like, the youngest I have ever seen her. She was 34 when this was filmed. And we might have to do a, a just a, a shallow dive whenever we have somebody like this. Because I'm going to say this was not cameo. This was like, I am currently in Groundlings classes and I need work, Melissa McCarthy. Like, wow. I'm going right. to say yeah, in 2004, like, she, you know. She was still just like getting little bit parts like this, but but I mean, when you see what an improviser and what a great you know comedic actress she went on to be, uh, it's no surprise that she was plucked for a role like this for uh, for Curb Your Enthusiasm, and so she is there to help Larry David. And there's only one more doll on the shelves, and the doll is biracial, and Larry is shocked, and he's like, "Oh well." Do she was like so? This is made for you know couples that are like half black and half white. Do half Asian kids get their own doll? Like he is really like, what's next? Like oh yeah, just just every race gets their own doll. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and like I, you can tell by the tone of his voice, he didn't mean any malice by it. But this is the same exact argument that like Fox News will have. Oh, what is next? Exactly. What what is next? We're gonna have a half dog, half human doll. Yeah, because people are slope. having sex with dogs. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's not until later that I, because it happens again. But I'm like, could Larry be any more of a boomer in this episode? His, <laughs> his like surprise at the fact that the races are mixing is just so boomerish. And like, this is a great situation. And Melissa McCarthy is. This is why she's great in this very small role, but she makes an impression. Is this is a great situation that everyone has been in? Maybe even more so now. Because shitty opinions have become more mainstream and people are less ashamed when they should be ashamed. And so Larry going, well, do half Asian kids get their own doll? What's next? And 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 Melissa McCarthy goes, he doesn't say what's next, but like, yes. Like, it's not that shocking of a, of a conceit to, to think that they might make that doll. I mean, I know it sounds shocking to you, but... To the rest of society, it, it's not. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like so. You like someone like espouses a shitty opinion to you, and they expect you to agree, but instead you just go, like, they, and they ask a rhetorical question. It's uh, like, oh god, this shouldn't happen, and you go, you like answer, you answer their rhetorical yeah. question in like a modern. Nope, nope, that's uh, totally normal. You're you're yep. the abnormal yeah, one. That's that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's actually very normal for that to happen. Yeah, like, uh, um, actually, no one's freaking out about this, but you these days. So yeah, you're uh, uh, you're kind of alone with that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Don't. Uh, don't know what to tell you. It's uh, totally normal. And hopefully you make them feel like shit by doing that. That's the goal. So uh, over at some weird concrete monstrosity, like this this house was just a gigantic oh block God, of concrete yeah. like hollowed out. It's I'm a, sure it's like multi-million dollar home. Yeah, some some like uh, architecturist's wet dream or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry shows up for the baby shower and 
Did Cheryl's I say very architecturist. What the fuck? Architecturist. Architect? architect. Yeah, there you go. Architect. Is an architecturist. Somebody who studies architects. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They don't so, study architecture. They study architects. Yeah. Absolutely. So this would be their wet dream as well. You were right. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Larry shows up for the baby shower, and Cheryl's concerned about the heart monitor. Like, oh my god! And he's like, no, it's okay. It's it's you know I, I had a weird anomaly during the physical and so i just have to wear this and, and it's fine larry says that bernie Duesenberry looks like steve demarco is steve demarco famous do we know that name or is it just like i a have friend of theirs? absolutely no idea who okay. they're talking about i don't know why let me google <laughs> steve demarco dead guess what comes up first american professional wrestler born in houston texas known by his what? ring name i don't think this is who larry and cheryl are talking about but Stephen Martinez, better known by his ring name, Steve DeMarco. Whoa. Where'd you come up with that? Oh, my gosh. What? I have yeah. no idea who this is. So let me see. He was in the NWA in 2002. Is that the national? Yeah, NWA. Okay. National Wrestling Alliance. It is not yes. the uh, musical group. Right, right, the, right. Uh, certain men who have an attitude. I just wanted to make sure that, um, right. <laughs> um, I just wanted to make sure that. Because it was spelled out National Wrestling Alliance, and I was like, I bet, yeah. I bet NWA, which is a wrestling organization I've heard of, I bet that's a oh. different thing. And okay, yeah, so. here, uh, join National Wrestling Alliance territory, NWA Southwest, uh-huh. and eventually won the Texas Heavyweight Championship after defeating JP Black. And then he and was. That was, in, that was in 2002. The NWA like is currently on a like revival but like it is so fucking bad yeah and like and that's since like 2016 but like even like 2002 whenever he's like yeah high up in the nwa no one was fucking talking about the <laughs> yeah um, and then he did professional championship wrestling and then pro wrestling alliance and then world of wrestling and then total championship wrestling is, is what he's currently with but i don't I think this is the same yeah, uh, Steve n- DeMarco of, that they're talking about. N- none of those, none of those companies are are big big names at all. But then again, here's a guy that. So here's Stephen DeMarco on Miami Vice. He does kind of look like him a little bit. Oh my God, played by Stanley Tucci. I did not even recognize Stanley Tucci with hair. Wow. Holy shit. So, but I don't. I also don't think that's who they're talking about. So it must be just a friend of theirs. That's what I'm going to land on because. Uh, I don't think they're talking about the professional wrestler or the character Stanley Tucci played on an episode of <laughs> Miami Vice. Oh wait, hang on, hang what? on. What? Okay, no, never mind. Uh, oh. There is a there is another uh, wrestler who actually does have a bit of a name who was like linked with Steve Demarco, but it's it's not him. And then there's a director named Steve Demarco who started directing in like 2005. It looks like I don't think he's done anything of note known for monkeys with a three instead of an e uh i don't recognize any of this stuff i don't think it's who they're talking about okay it must just be again like Marilyn, another name that we do not know <laughs> um but cheryl disagrees that he looks like this uh mystery steve demarco and larry says whenever i say anybody looks like anybody you never agree with me and she's like that's because they don't i can relate to this so much because no one ever thinks who I think people look like, <laughs> look like that person. I can, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that totally looks like blah, blah, blah. And, and and it's not just a Sarah thing, although she will say, no, they don't. What are you talking about? Then I'll, it, but it's, I, I don't know what it is with my, my face recognition, what I look at. But I, when I was 
analyzing myself last night and having this issue with Larry, I was like, maybe this is why I'm so bad with names and faces. Maybe it's all connected. Like, I think they look like celebrities or, or people we know that no one ever agrees. And, and also, I can't remember people's names. And I have, you know, some trouble with faces. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it's all connected. But I have no way of knowing. They open Larry and Cheryl's gift, which is the biracial doll. And Larry points out loudly, it's a mulatto. Jeez. I have actually uh, never really heard this term before. Really? I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know this term until I don't know if it's because I, I think I learned before this episode, but really only like a week ago. Huh. Wow. I'm like, um, oh, what, what is what is that? I, I think I saw it somewhere on Twitter and either Twitter or Reddit. And I'm yeah. like, oh, OK. Interesting. Yeah, it, it certainly I mean, I, I, I was kind of surprised it was already considered outdated in 2004 but it's interesting that you hadn't heard of it since then because lotto before she made it big was forced to change her name from mulatto no way the big energy yeah yeah so that was um yeah that was like her rap name or whatever and she was formerly known as mulatto yeah just straight up oh and, and in 2016 she was known as miss mulatto on jermaine dupree's reality television series the rap game in 2016 so so yeah i was um uh you know so it's she kind of shortened been... it and shortened it and next she's just gonna be toe toe yeah <laughs> yeah so i guess in order to make it big there you know no one was gonna sign a rapper named mulatto in 2021 or whatever so but he is corrected by and i was proud of the group for doing this to him and saying hey we say biracial now okay so and this is where i wrote down larry is such a boomer in this episode because he's also like he does something boomers love to do. He's like, oh, I have to learn a new word. <laughs> Language evolves to match oh, an evolving I, society. Ugh. I have to change something about the way I'm doing things no. that doesn't affect me directly. God. I have to care about other people's feelings. And, and I have to change something that I've done for 50 years. Ugh, oh man oh i have to have empathy for something oh. for somebody oh empathy's just another word for woke i think we all yeah. know that yeah i am not learning another word i remember being this reminded me of and, there's, and a, I, there's a reason that half of the letters in word are woke because exactly. new words are too woke and two <laughs> is the number of letters that it shares I'm getting on like an alex jones level conspiracy here <laughs> i learned i learned all the words i need to know by 1982 okay i learned That's... all the words i need to know by fifth grade <laughs> yeah, exactly and nothing after that yes back when they wrapped kids on the knuckles for writing with their left hand that's when i stopped learning new words <laughs> <laughs> when we still tortured left-handers um that's that's when the dictionary stopped okay miriam webster that sounds like a woke name if i've ever heard one so uh what the hell are we talking about no i'm gonna keep using a word because it's what i want to do that sounded like oscar the grouch a little bit it did kind of <laughs> you've been watching a lot of sesame street lately we do we, we partake in the sesame street okay. definitely the okay. muppet christmas carol is huge this time oh here. yeah However, we got talking about, oh, because mulatto, right, that's right. So Larry is corrected as, as biracial, you know, saying we say biracial now. But Larry also got something for the surrogate. And so, you know, Betty Dusenberry picks up, oh, they got us something else. He's like, oh, that's actually uh, for the surrogate. 
And the surrogate is like very happy to go and grab the gift. And when Larry, like Cheryl's slow turn to Larry was so funny. <laughs> like without saying a word, you could see how pissed she was. Uh, and, and, and Larry is just completely oblivious to the fact that he might have breached some sort of, you know, surrogate etiquette or baby shower etiquette or whatever. But Larry takes the opportunity for as the presence part of the baby shower ends to go up and talk to the surrogate. And he starts recounting that, you know, he's a writer and he starts talking about Wanda's situation where he's like, oh, you know, it's, you know, being a writer is not great because you work so hard on, you know, like, for instance, I have a friend who's worked on this script for years and, you know, she calls it my baby and you work for you work for so long and then someone just takes it away and you never get to see your baby again and it's your baby and you don't have any say on on, on how your baby is is brought up or how it's <laughs> <laughs> so the the oh, surrogate no. like Larry's not picking up on the metaphor he's throwing down but the surrogate is <laughs> and so she even starts throwing back like well you know you might be able to check in on your script in a couple years you know and see how it's doing he's like no by then it's so changed you won't even won't even know you and <laughs> stuff like that you won't even recognize your own baby <laughs> Uh, and so the surrogate is is very, very down. Over at producer rehearsals, Mel Brooks comes by, and he's surprised that Larry is still not off book as far as memorizing the script goes, and he's dismayed that Larry has failed the physical. Uh, and it's at this point that David Schwimmer's dad drops by, as we know, the nut magnate be t- behind um, Wholesome Nuts, <laughs> or whatever that was called. Uh, and he's... Uh, health Glow. <laughs> Yeah, health club. There you go. Wholesome nuts. And Wholesome nut nuts. Magnate. Nut magnate. Um, he's it's a gotta very be better excited. terms. <laughs> got to be better ways to describe him than nut magnate. Nutsack mogul. Uh, Irish swimmer. Irv- Irving swimmer. Um, he's very excited to meet Mel Brooks, but he's very cold. Very cold to Larry David, and he's of course very cold to Larry David because David Schwimmer told his dad what Larry said about the raisin cashew mix and how it needs more cashews. And Larry wants to call him to apologize. And so David Schwimmer reluctantly gives Larry his dad's phone number. Larry pulls over to uh, make the call to David Schwimmer's dad on his car phone, on his cell phone. And as he's leaving the message, he gets rear-ended by a car. And Ted, I don't know if I've laughed this hard at an episode of (laughs) Seinfeld before Because, like, in anything we've done, I don't know if I've laughed this hard. I watched it. I had to rewind it and watch it over and over again. And every time I laughed just as hard as the first time. Really? Because he's like, hey, hey, uh, I... This is Larry David. I was just calling just to want, say. Just want to call and say. Just wanted to call and say. fucking asshole. <laughs> so he gets rear-ended and he's like, you fucking asshole. What the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> you, fu- you fucking prick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I want to point out just the, the sheer level of small dick energy this guy has. He rams into Larry yeah. and is upset that Larry is cursing him out. Oh, so yeah. So he immediately grabs a tire iron. Like, what the fuck? You are the you are in the wrong. You are the one who committed the crime. Typical (laughs) L.A. road rage. I have a feeling. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Road ragey immediately. (laughs) But as he's advancing on Larry, Larry fakes a heart attack and is able to pull up his shirt and show that he's wearing these heart monitoring nodes. And so the guy freaks out and, and, you know, the threat is uh, neutralized immediately. But an ambulance still comes, and they still have to take Larry, despite him explaining that he faked the whole thing, to the hospital. And while he's on the way to the hospital, he sees a crowd chasing the surrogate. So explain to me the timeline here. Larry 
shows up to the baby shower. <laughs> yeah, is that shower still going on? Goes to rehearsal. <laughs> And then drives leaves, from rehearsal. Leaves rehearsal, yes. Yeah. So re- rehearsal has started and ended. <laughs> yeah. And then he a- sees this town crowd. Across in L.A., by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless the rehearsal hall is near the Duesenberry's <laughs> giant concrete mansion. Uh, it's they, a very they, weird They, they live lot. on the same lot as the steakhouse, the hospital, and the movie studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all the same. They, they, they live on that lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's all on the same, like, mile, square mile. So over at S. Mark Taper Foundation's Transplant Center, which is at 2200 West 3rd Street, uh, S. Mark Tapper, not a nut mogul. He was a real estate mogul oh, uh, right. who, yeah, who began, you know, buying up uh, uh, and developing a lot of L.A. back in the, you know, early, like 40s, like 30s and 40s, I, I think. Um, and this was cool. He and his wife devoted a ton of their time to saving kids, uh, Jewish and Catholic kids, from Nazi Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he also gave a ton to the arts. So there's like a very famous uh, concert hall named after him and his wife in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, so sounds like a very cool guy. And his foundation, I believe, is still active to this day, That uh, the one that started this transplant center. There's also like, a, I think, a, a cancer center as well. So yeah, seemed like a, you know, kind of a cool dude, I guess. At least spent his money well. Larry is talking to a nurse there who says that the difference in penis size between black men and white men is a myth because she's been with both. And and also she is biracial herself. And Larry says, oh, hey, I bought a mulatto doll today. And even though he, again, he knows the correct accepted terminology in 2004, he's been corrected at least once to say biracial. Um, and even Melissa McCarthy might have used the same term. And yet he still refuses to recognize that the term is outdated. Yeah, as the, the nurse, nurse says, it. yeah, we don't, we don't really use that term anymore. <laughs> Cheryl shows up, and she's very concerned for Larry, but then gets super pissed when she finds out that he faked the whole thing. <laughs> what am I doing here? What are you doing taking up a hospital bed? Like, it's his yeah. fault, though. Yeah, well, the, here's the thing. Taking up a hospital, hospital bed because you're afraid of some weird guy in traffic was such a good line. Yeah, yeah. But I with I mean I think everyone's with Larry. He could have been murdered. This guy was going to beat him with a tire iron. That is true. And he's like, oh, you'd rather be missing, you know, having sitting here with broken bo- broken bones than a faked heart attack. Okay. <laughs> but the surrogate, by the way, is in the same hospital, and she's not giving up the baby anymore. And Barry wants to kick Larry's ass because of this. Did you hear Barry? Because I heard Bernie. Bernie. Oh, Bur- Bernie. Yeah. Sorry. Definitely Bernie. Bernie wants to. Okay. Yeah. I wrote Barry for some reason. Uh, probably, 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 probably Doosenberry. Barry, Bernie, yeah, ba- probably. Ba- Barry Doosenberry. That's Barry. a wrestling name if I ever heard one. <laughs> what about Bernie Doosenberry? <laughs> <laughs> Bernie wants to kick Larry's ass, and that's a direct quote. He's like, that's a quote. <laughs> Larry is so concerned, someone wants to uh, perpetrate violence on him. As they're leaving the hospital, an elevator door opens, and they see the surrogate, and Larry yells at her, you can't keep that baby. What are you doing? Got to give the baby back. Uh, over at Primo's, which... You wouldn't be surprised to learn that it is not listed on the complex website as one of the restaurants featured in Curb Your Enthusiasm, but also I couldn't find any reference to it in L.A. whatsoever, so I'm going to say this is a fake restaurant that has been set up. Yeah, And Larry is putting Richard Lewis at ease. Uh, All of the crowdsourced information he has says that you don't have to worry about a thing. It's It's all the same. It's a myth. But it's at that point that Muggsy Bogues walks in. Did you recognize this guy? 
I did, yeah. yeah. Mostly from us watching Space Jam. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> there we go. We can add another Seinfeld Cinematic Universe uh, member now to <laughs> Space Jam because we reached the Muggsy Bogues episode. Yeah, Muggsy Bogues was, pun not intended, he was huge uh, back in the day when I was paying attention to sports <laughs> as a kid. Because obviously one of the shortest people ever to play in the NBA, but also, um, you know, a solid. Very fast. Yeah, yeah very, very solid. Very quick player and uh, agile yeah Yeah, definitely an all-star player and uh high scorer and all that and and also as larry points out a guard so yeah like he he had told richard lewis earlier you got to look at a guard's penis yeah and so as they all three step up to the urinal that's when Muggsy catches Larry taking a look. Actually, both of them do and remark both of them yeah Yeah. at, at what a giant schlong Muggsy Bogues has and that's when Muggsy notices Larry looking and starts advancing on him. But Larry fakes another heart attack. <laughs> Man, imagine being Muggsy Bogues' agent going into, like, pitching him this episode. Like, hey, yeah, HBO reached out. They want you to do an episode of a show where uh, you're, you're written to have a an absolute monster hog. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to threaten violence on two dudes for looking at it at yeah. the urinal. He was like, all right, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So so you, you're telling me, I, no, no, matter, no matter how big it is, like, yeah. everyone's just going to think I have an absolute monster hog for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And I get Where to play we... myself? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I do best. That's what I did best. Um, <laughs> let me see. Not 10 years ago. Eight years ago. That's what I did best eight years ago in Space Jam. They cut out the part where Bugs Bunny remarks on my giant hog. So this is great. This, hey, this will what, be great. Hey, what's up, Doc? You're really <laughs> packing down there. They could... Um, they could make a play on Giant Hog, and he could remark like, oh, oh, I thought you had Porky Pig in your pants. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought I was a Giant Hog. Well, look at that. Porky on the other side of the urinal uh, in the locker room. Penis. It got weirder. We didn't think it would, but it got weirder. I mean, we suspected it would. We didn't know how. And so Larry going... Into the hospital, passes a black guy and who's exiting as, as he's entering. And Larry then turns around and turns on his car alarm, which the guy feels like was in response to a black guy passing the car and him turning on his car alarm. But Larry just forgot. It wasn't that anybody was near it or anything like that. So, again, I think Larry is, you know, I think it's just a case of mistaken an oopsie daisy racist moment by, <laughs> by larry david um yeah, accidental see, see, racist yeah yeah uh how i said like yeah i'm on larry's i'm on larry's side with the valet yeah this side is a this this uh instance is a little harder to defend because he definitely looks up at the guy first yeah. before turning to lock his car it's not like a just has his head down, looking at his key ring, and then like sh- shoots his arm backward to lock his car. No, he definitely looks at like who is, who is walking towards him and walking towards his car before he locks it. So that this one's a little harder. You know what I mean? Wanda thinks the same as you do that subconsciously he saw a black guy and thought lock car mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is revealed that Wanda is right there. <laughs> just uh, to again, this. N- another great reveal. 
Yeah. And um, and I loved her line, a black man in a suit, he can only park cars. Black man in no suit, he steals cars. That was so funny. She is so, I'm, and I guarantee you she was improving all of this. Like, that's the show. And, like, it just goes to show you how absolutely hilarious she is. Uh, but she thought, I, I liked that she brought up the same line of thinking you did. Like, no, it wasn't you forgot to lock your car. You saw a black guy and then remembered you forgot to lock your car. <laughs> uh, I can see, though, while there. So we don't know where. So Wanda's there because she's filming there all week at the hospital slash steakhouse uh, slash possible movie studio as well. So, slash Duesenberry's house? Slash we don't Duesenberry's know. house, yeah. Very close by. Uh, slash rehearsal space for the producers. That's true, yeah. Um, it's all connected. Uh, but I could see across the street an address 12626 Riverside Drive which the last time Google Maps drove by was still A to Z Pharmacy the same awnings and everything that were there in 2004 Uh, but across the street is not a hospital or anything it is they look rather new so I'm venturing to say that whatever was here was raised and Mm. these giant luxury condos were put up so that's what's there now yeah not even the parking lot that Larry and Wanda are standing in it's it's condos uh, all the way down and the guy did not like the script. The, the guy that Larry gave the script to, he didn't yeah. like it. Martin Schaefer, I think yeah. his name is. I, I, we don't know who this is, but just yeah. one of Larry's, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood friends, showbiz friends. And Wanda's like, do you tell him I'm black? He's like, no. He's like, Larry, that, that's when you do it. You don't know when to play the card. <laughs> yeah, she, she says like that. That's when you're supposed to play the race card. But I'll venture to say... Rary, Rary, Larry David does not have a race card to play. Like that is not in his in his hand of cards. He should not be playing the race card. Yeah, even for I mean, I guess what Wanda wanted him to do was play her race card for her. You know, tell him I'm black. You know, liberal dudes love that. Like, oh, I'm helping out a, a you know a black woman <laughs> by buying this script or whatever. That's when you play the race card inside the. Oh, I loved Larry leaving when he was like. Because when she pops up again, he's like, what do you just follow me around waiting for me to screw up or whatever he says? And then as he's leaving, he goes, okay, I hope I don't see you again for a while. <laughs> so I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I loved that exit. Because she, she just pops up whenever, you know, because it's happened before when, um, you know, she's accused him of, of being a, an, an accidental racist. Well, a, a deliberate racist when Larry was an accidental racist when he fired the guy who would do his audiovisual work in his house and then went back and, and upped the tip a little bit uh, on the table. Larry, So Wanda always just happens to pop up like a bad penny whenever Larry is, is being racist accidentally or on purpose. Uh, inside the waiting room, there's a brand new golf magazine that Larry is so excited about and he makes sure to tell the doctor <laughs> yeah, that uh, and, he's so glad. Like- and he's like hovering over the couch, like taking an actual tip from this golf magazine. Like we see him like kind of like like mi- mimic a swing. He's like, whoa, you yeah. have to hold it with both of your hands. <laughs> I, I don't he's, know what this tip was. I Is real life Larry David that voracious a hunter for the next great <laughs> golf tip? Like there can only be so much. There can only be like so much to – I just can't understand oh, what – Like, oh, you're supposed to bend your knee. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or when he, the one he was demonstrating at um, Ben's house when he's like, throw the ball to the pitcher. You throw the ball to, or you throw it to the catcher. Throw the ball to the catcher. Like whatever these – yeah, you swing the club this way and then you swing it that way. I don't know how, you know, how many yeah, more tips like, you need. Like just do that <laughs> until it's perfected. Like what – like is the real Larry David just going like, you, you got a golf tip? Like a crack addict like scratching. Like, you got a golf – hey, man, you got, any, you got any more of those golf tips? 
I need the, I need the next great golf tip. What's the next great golf tip? Like your game is as good as it's going to get. I can't yeah, imagine. And, yeah. And the thing is like every tip is not going to work the same for every single person. Like that's why there's so many tips, you know, <laughs> is because it's just trial and error. You have to like try out what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, and and as good as your game is right now, Larry, that's as good as it's going to get. No tip is yeah. going to change that. <laughs> but he picked up a great tip from this golf magazine. Uh, and as he's on the treadmill, once again, during the physical, he ignores Renee when she comes into the room. Just again, like you said earlier, looks straight up and not doesn't even uh, address her. But then he finds out that Bernie Duesenberry is going to be there in about 10 minutes and that's when his heart monitor just explodes once again because he knows that Bernie wants to kick his ass. Uh, so over at home, Larry has now – this looked like a bigger heart monitor. Was it a bigger heart monitor? Was there – Yeah, I think this has gotten larger. Yeah, I think it was. I think they had to put him on a bigger heart monitor. Uh, but the good news is his penis has healed. As Seinfeld ends, another episode of Seinfeld ends, the phone rings again, and guess what? It's got to be Marilyn because she calls yeah, after every ugh. episode. No, Marilyn. We're Marilyn. not phone. That's ugh. our Marilyn. But so they decide to let the machine pick it up as they go to bed, but it's not Marilyn. It's Herb Schwimmer who starts cursing out Larry David <laughs> as the finale, as, as Frolic starts playing, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> you know what I thought was so weird? Like, normally we'll, we'll get this, like... Uh, something like this happen on basic cable or, or, or network TV. Yeah. But like Irv Schwimmer calls, it goes to the answer, answering machine. You hear Irv Schwimmer, you piece of shit, you goddamn motherfucking son of a bum, 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 bum. Like it cuts off bitch, but it gets in all of the other words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that, just just HBO things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, we gotta, we gotta. We, we 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 have to cut it before they say bitch. That's the yeah. one word we can't have. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, Tim. What do we got for for homework this week? Uh, just do a little dive on Melissa McCarthy. What she was up to in two thousand four, early two thousand four. Okay, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? Great question. Um, I mean, all th there's a great shot of them with Muggsy Bogues, like looking up and, and Larry and uh, Richard, like mouthing stuff to each other across Muggsy Bogues. It's pretty funny. Uh, okay. what are you thinking? I, I like that too. I, yeah. I think that's, I think that'd be perfect. <laughs> Either that or just like one of the instances of Larry, like faking a heart attack. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that's good as well. All right, uh, Tim, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Larry's decision to buy a surrogate mother a baby shower gift backfires, dot, 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 as do his efforts to pass a routine physical. Hmm. I mean, his efforts to pass a routine physical don't backfire. Yeah, because that, that, that sounds like he's, you know, planning yeah. to, to fail the physical, fail the uh the Or it sounds like he was physical. planning some trick to pass it, but he's because not he really. Because he knew that he was going to fail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he really put in no effort to pass the physical, just normal go in and take the physical. Uh, so backfires is a poor choice of words there. The first part's not awful. I mean, they hit the two main. There's the surrogate. There's the heart monitor, which is which is part of the physical. So Larry, what's the first part? Larry's decision to buy a surrogate mother a baby shower gift backfires. Larry's decision to purchase a baby shower gift for a surrogate backfires. First of all, I, I have to point out while while we're mulling this over that 
I kind of had Larry wrong in the last episode. I thought he was going to say that a that a surrogate is undeserving of any yeah, sort of yeah. gift, but it's the opposite. Everyone else was saying the surrogate was undeserving of a gift, and Larry was recognizing her efforts, which I think, um, you know, and yeah. And then, if, if anything, he was saying the surrogate is definitely like the person who deserves all of the attention. Yeah, and, and the mother who's you know like expecting the baby is just kind of buying a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which is you know definitely because she's going to be raising the kid, so she needs yeah. all of the. That's enough work, but the initial, all the initial work being done by the surrogate, she deserves some recognition for that. In addition to the you know the money that she's getting, I'm sure to to do that. But but yeah, so Larry was the only one considering the feelings of this person. But so Larry, okay, Larry's decision to buy a gift for a surrogate mother and his efforts to pass a physical backfire. Yeah, but not but but what can we say besides backfire? Mm. Um, go wrong. <laughs> go go awry. Go awry. I mean, is that too? That's to us. <laughs> to uh, yeah. Go askew. Go astray. Don't go as planned. Don't go as planned. Is that too hilarity ensues? Yeah. Um, yeah. Miss the mark. Yeah, I like miss the mark. Yeah. I like miss the mark. Yeah. What about? I mean, we could maybe could even shorten it up a little bit and go Larry's baby shower gift. I mean, I don't know if Larry's baby shower gift and can you say physical results? I think that sounds weird. Larry's baby shower gift and uh, efforts to physical results and what? Well, just yeah, Larry's baby shower gift and physical results miss the mark, something like that, or fall short, fail. No, not fail. But the physical does physical results make sense? I mean, I feel like results of his physical would be better, but that makes it Larry's baby shower gift and the results of his physical miss the mark. Something like that? Yeah, I actually like that. Yeah, it's not. I, I, I don't. I don't think it's as cumbersome as you're thinking it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because physical results sound weird. Like, what do you mean? Like a copy of results of what? Like the physical <laughs> results? But no, like his, so f- physical results of something. Yeah. Larry's baby shower gift and the results of his physical miss the mark. There we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, because then it's sort of then the fact that the gift is for the surrogate is sort of teased in the title, but also is is still held like still a surprise. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Tim, did you like this episode? Yeah, I think I got to give it a star. This is like three stars in a row. Yeah. Like, and one of them was was a double star. So that's four <laughs> stars in a <laughs> that, row. The the newly introduced double star <laughs> ranking. I think it might be better than the five would. Okay. Which I think I, I remember saying I was like going to be uh, like a solid number three if if it if it even makes the list at all. And so yeah, this was interesting. Yeah, all right. th- I, I had a, I I got again when I get the biggest laugh of the two series that we have talked about during this podcast, you just have to give a star just for that. And leaving the message was <laughs> just classic, just hilarious. What about you? Uh, okay, so. I'm taking a note out of your book, and I know last week you introduced a new ranking okay. with the with the double star. I'm introducing a new ranking with a star and upward arrow. So oh. that is what I am giving this episode, a star and an upward arrow, meaning that I'm giving it a star, yes, but it immediately shoots to number one of the season. Damn! I know your double star, again, going back to last week, double star ranking means that it immediately shoots to the best episode of the series so far. And you can only have one double star. But as far as a star with an upward arrow, I guess (laughs) you you can have more than one, but it just kind of replaces 
obviously the the, the previous one it, just in that within that season yes yes I like this it. is season specific so season specific yeah th- this shoots up to number one of the season for me you liked and it better than the carpool lane i'm so i liked shocked. it better than the carpool lane yeah wow well <laughs> i respect I, that because it was hilarious i mean this was a funny 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 episode yeah and i gotta say after you know Four and a half seasons so far. I mean, okay, I will say after three seasons, not including season four, after three seasons of pretty mediocre <laughs> episodes, like very just run of the mill. I, I wouldn't greenlight it for season four if I was an <laughs> HBO executive. Season four has been coming out swinging. Like, yeah. th- there we've had, uh, at least by my rankings, I've had four stars so far out of seven episodes yeah i want to say that i did i give okay oh yeah i had a star low low to start off the season and then a star low (laughs) jesus and then so i have three actual stars a star low low and a star low and of course that includes my double star (laughs) so i'm not even going to need my star low lows but yeah you're right i mean we're gonna need to start putting our our ranking definition in the show description Hey, here's what it means when we say this. This is going to, yeah, this is this is a great season, um, and we still have a few episodes left, so who knows how. But it, it's interesting how, you know, season four might be a bit of an anomaly, because, but I feel like the other seasons had been very backloaded. You know, it starts off very mediocre, and then we get our stars, like, after episode six, like, after episode five or six. And this one, I mean, you could say it's backloaded because episode five is when they started getting stellar. And we're not just giving out like sympathy stars. We're giving out like actual stars. And so it's getting pretty good. All right. Well, next week we have got season four, episode eight, Wandering Bear. Original air date, February 29th, 2004, Leap Day, 04. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, I I guess. I don't know if TV Guide publishes a a separate edition for Leap Days. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, just week specific. Right. Um, but if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you're going to see, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Do you? Okay. Let me, let me look it up because I, I was going to look this up, but I really, I've never seen this word in the wild here. Can't wait to find out what it is. A surreptitious ah. video purchase endangers Larry's relationship with his assistant, Antoinette. Wow. A lot of information a, there. Yeah. A surreptitious definition kept secret, especially because it would not be approved of. A surreptitious video purchase endangers Lair's relationship with his assistant, Antoinette. Hmm. I have no idea what this could be, but I just learned that surreptitious means kept secret, especially because it would not be... Oh, you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought that was part of the... Um, I thought that was the end of Antoinette because it would not be approved of. I thought that was part of the um, description. Nope, nope, that was just me nope, reading it. Just reading the definition. Yeah, right. but hey, I'm I'm actually very surprised. I I had no idea what this word was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it before, and it's a word that I would definitely pretend to know, but hmm. not know. Yeah, surreptitious. It... Uh, yeah, very, very surreptitious. V- yes. Very, very surreptitious of you. What? I found that, what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> I found that novel very surreptitious. 
Grace just yelled through the door. <laughs> Tell me, did you hear her? Yes. Tell me you don't listen to the Panic at the Disco without telling me you don't listen to Panic at the Disco. Is that one of their? She Holy says the shit. word sur- surreptitious is in at least three of their songs. That's why when I googled surreptitious, Google completed it with surreptitious seven star seal sundering. <laughs> is that? Is that? Oh, never mind. No, never no, mind. That, 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 that's that, anime. <laughs> that's it's a, a quest for a Genshin impact. A guide can. T- yeah, that's that's not. That's not. It just Panic sounded like it sounded like a Panic at the Disco title. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Surreptitious seven star seal sundering. It really does. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe like old Panic at the Disco. Whenever they were good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Um, I was wondering why Google completed it with that weird amalgam of words i'm like what the hell and i guess it's a popular uh anime or, or something or a game because there's quest there's bug if you want to walk through yeah it must be a game of some sort fun yeah so that's one of those uh, and and so if you want to listen to a panic of the disco song that and this is from a fever you can't sweat out so i would i would venture to say that's in their good era there's a there's a good reason these tables are numbered honey you just haven't thought of it yet and they say the word surreptitious in there. <laughs> That's what Google tells me anyway. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll see if that has anything to do with the uh, episode actually next week. And um, also the fact that Wandering Bear is mentioned. I believe Larry has another run in with a uh, with a race that he might have touchy relations with. So, oh, good. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. And uh, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. Be good.